Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's frolic, we have the use of AI and trademark law, labor issues at Starbucks and Tesla, and the debut of Column Tuesday, where I implore listeners of the podcast to become readers of my column at Bloomberg Tax. Let's set sail aboard the good ship legal news. Artificial intelligence is increasingly being used by trademark attorneys to check the availability of trademarks and monitor potential threats. However, the technology could soon change the nature of their practices, with AI potentially being used to add value for clients during the brand idea generation phase. For example, an AI platform like ChatGPT can help lawyers find available brand names and check whether they conflict with existing trademarks. The technology will raise expectations, with even marketing departments looking to attorneys to help find available brand ideas. Nevertheless, trademark law is not immediately amenable to humans leaving the process entirely as determining whether a mark has been infringed on turns on fact-dependent legal standards difficult for a computer to evaluate. For instance, to determine if a trademark has been infringed upon, courts typically apply a likelihood of confusion test. This test examines whether the use of a similar or identical mark in connection with similar or related goods or services is likely to cause confusion mistake, or deception among consumers. Courts consider various factors, including the strength of the trademark, the similarity of the marks, the similarity of the goods or services, the sophistication of the consumers, the channels of trade, and the intent of the alleged infringer. Courts may also consider evidence of actual confusion. These are standards and inquiries that are difficult to outsource to an AI, at least at this juncture. The National Labor Relations Board has ruled that Starbucks illegally fired two employees and committed other unfair labor practices to disrupt a union organizing effort in two Philadelphia stores. The violations of federal labor law include threats, surveillance, and interrogation of employees, as well as reduced work hours for those who supported the union. The ruling comes before the recent wave of unionizing across the country, and it could further energize Starbucks workers to pursue more labor organizing. Starbucks denies any wrongdoing and may challenge the decision in federal appeals court. The three-member NLRB panel ordered Starbucks to provide back pay and offer reinstatement to the two illegally fired workers, rejecting the company's argument that the workers were not owed back pay and reinstatement because they made secret recordings in violation of company policy and Pennsylvania law. The NLRB held that even if Starbucks was unaware of the recordings, it would still owe back pay and reinstatement because of labor law protections for employees who make recordings in the workplace. Such labor law protections trump both company policy and state law, according to the board. Workers at Tesla's plant in Buffalo, New York, who labeled data for Tesla's autopilot technology, have launched a unionization campaign of their own. They have sent an email to Elon Musk, Tesla's CEO, to let him know of their intent to unionize in a move aimed at seeking better pay and job security, as well as a reduction in production pressures that they say have affected their health. This could potentially mark the first unionization drive at the electric vehicle maker. Musk has previously dared the United Auto Workers to hold a union vote, promising no intervention by Tesla and implying that employees are so well compensated no union efforts would be successful. That remains to be seen. And finally, it's Column Tuesday, which means I need you to go and read my column on Bloomberg Tax. This week, I talk about President Biden's suggested 4% stock buyback excise tax and how, frankly, it doesn't go far enough. Stock buybacks are used to keep stock prices high while forking over wads of cash to major shareholders. Often the buyback is funded in part by the sale of corporate bonds. In any other scenario, the grift would be pretty obvious. The seller of tomatoes at the farmer's market is also a buyer of those same tomatoes and artificially keeps the prices of the tomatoes high by courting investors in his stand. 
Investments immediately go towards purchasing his own tomatoes to encourage scarcity and per-tomato profit. It's an obvious scam at the farm stand, and dropping the metaphor, this is a Rube Goldberg machine that does a lot of stuff, but ultimately kicks the economy over with a big dumb boot. The link to my column, called Technically Speaking, is in the show notes, and it comes out every Tuesday on Bloomberg Tax. As always, thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. We also have a link aggregator in the Fediverse at links.esq.social, where some of our stories will be sourced from, so feel free to sign up and submit there. Minimum Competence is part of the ESQCast network of podcasts and streams on esqstream.com. Catch you back here tomorrow, and until then, ask not what your minimum competence can do for you, but what you can do for your minimum competence.